Welcome to The Vagicians. And we're here for you, the typical female, answering your not-so-typical questions women have about their health and well-being. Our panel of in-the-trench OBGYN experts includes Dr. Roslyn Mallory, Dr. Jacob Martin, and Dr. Sam Wolfe, who don't shy away from the challenges of female health today. We'll discuss everything from babies to menopause, periods and breasts, and everything in between. The Vagicians podcast is brought to you by Wolf Variety Entertainment and made possible by All About Women OBGYN, the Healthy Start Program, Emerald Coast Obstetrics and Gynecology, and the Panama City Surgery Center. Let's jump right in and jam with our team of Vagicians, Dr. Mallory, Dr. Martin, and Dr. Wolf. Here's our host, Rayanne Kruger. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the final, the 12th and final episode of season one of The Vagicians. It has been a magical carpet ride. Did you like that one? Yeah, the finale. <laughs> Ooh, have fun. Oh, yes, we're going to have fun. Welcome back, Dr. Sam Wolf, Dr. Rosalind Mallory, and of course, Dr. Jacob Martin. Hey. hey. All right, guys, we're going to bank off of episode 11, where we talked about sex trauma or sexual trauma. We're going to talk about vaginismus. And these are listener questions that came in, a series of them, and I've tried to put them in the right order here. And then we have a funny new segment at the end, but we're going to be serious for this part. First of all, let's talk about what is vaginismus. Vaginismus is essentially a disorder where the limbic system, the most bottom area of your brain, this is where this is your sort of, I call it the caveman brain. This is in charge of breathing and just your absolute most basic functions, nothing to do with intelligence and things like that. It's where that, that, system of the brain is giving a defense, basically telling the body to defend itself. It is sending sort of subconscious signals to the muscles of the paravaginal muscles to squeeze. It's sort of a defense mechanism, if you will. And it's when we diagnose this, it's basically you can diagnose this just by palpating those or feeling those muscles along the the outside of the vagina, the opening there. And I I always say that they feel like guitar strings because they're so, there's not feel like that. And once again, when we get into some of the causes of this, it'll kind of explain why this, this goes to the, uh, the the most basic portion of your brain telling you to, hey, squeeze when you shouldn't be in a squeezing sort of situation. Like mm. that. Like the, the, yeah, it's okay. basically, yeah, your brain telling your is your vagina involuntarily or squeezing, essentially yeah. contracting, essentially. And most patients will tell you that it happens when he first tries to penetrate and he can't get in or it hurts right at penetration, not necessarily through the whole time of intercourse. When we dissect as sort of the causes of pain with intercourse, you break it into, is it insertional pain or pain with deep thrust? That's usually the two main sort of categories. And so this is usually, uh, quite often it'll be both, but it's always going to be that insertional pain. Okay. So what's the difference between vaginismus and dyspareunia? Vaginismus is usually from like some type of muscle spasm. Dyspareunia can be caused from anything, uh, muscle spasm, bacterial infection, not lubricated enough, mm. lack of estrogen. It's like a way Dys- more generalized term. term. Dyspareunia okay. just means okay. painful okay. sex. That's all oh, it means. Okay. And vaginismus can cause dyspareunia, but there's a lot of other causes of dyspareunia. So how is uh, vaginismus and the muscular contractions of vaginismus any different than orgasmic contractions? 
They're painful. Orgasmic contractions feel good. Vaginismus does not. That's a great explanation. I like it. That's good. Yeah, and I think that also you have a orga- orgasm contractions has a pulsatile nature to it. Okay. Whereas uh, vaginismus is sort of a static, tonic, oh, sort of okay. just staying contracted. It's almost never contracted. I'm never relaxing, rather. Like AFib. Like AFib. Well, no, your- AFib, oh, no. AFib is sort of, you know, that's when the timing belt of your heart sort of goes haywire and in, in, in the, the, the circuit, the, the electronic circuit of your heart which is supposed to sort of set that rhythm mm-hmm. kind of, it messes up so that now you're getting this just irregular, irregular, irregular. Right. Uh, okay. Oh, we digress. <laughs> yeah, there we go. <laughs> hey, That's not, okay. Archaeologists, <laughs> So we have to talk about this, right? It can't be something that you just pretend you don't have or it's not an issue. So how would someone talk about these symptoms, discuss the symptoms with their partner and also their doctor? I think discussion is huge. Just being able to talk with your partner about what you're experiencing, what's going on. I have pain during this, you know, during insertion and really localizing it down to what is causing your pain. Specifically, we're talking about vaginismus. It's going to be during insertion. Yeah. And talking about that with your partner, you know, if, if you come and talk with us as a gynecologist, one of our big things is, number one, you guys get on the same page. Number two, you need lots of foreplay and lubrication. Like yeah. lubrication, we kind of mentioned this before, but everybody needs lubrication. Lubrication like, is key. Lubrication is key. But foreplay, getting those muscles relaxed, getting that that psychological component of sex going, yeah. that can really uh, help. Quite often, I'll, <laughs> I'll tell them, I'll say, use a, use a toy during foreplay. Because like, like I mentioned in the last episode, if the patient is sort of in control of that initial insertion, some can allow her to relax a little bit more and then, you know, use that for a little while. And by the way, I'll t- they're like, they'll always say, oh, I, don't, I don't know, if, I, you know, I don't know if I'm going to tell them to do that. That's just kind of embarrassing or whatever. I said, no, no, no. Trust me. Every guy <laughs> into it. will be into that. It's just, every, <laughs> just don't, don't worry about that. It's something new. It's fresh. He'll think it's cool. I mean, it's, he'll, he'll get, he'll definitely get off on it. Okay. I also try to tell them do different positions. I ask them, what positions have you tried and what hurts? Right. And then go from there and decide, okay, what positions can you do? And even asking positions, it gives you a better idea of localizing where is she feeling the pain. Because if it's with deep thrusting, certain positions will allow you to be able to have deeper penetration. If she says, I don't know, it hurts the entire time. When Mm. you start going over positions and she says, well, this one doesn't hurt. But this okay. one does. You kind of know it's probably deep penetration. And and you, it's really important to understand what what's the root cause of it. And sometimes we don't always get to the bottom of why it is. But just to, as we kind of mentioned in the last uh, episode, is uh, is rape is a very common cause ch- sexual childhood abuse that sometimes that the patient doesn't even remember herself. Wow. Because they've kind of put it away so deeply that they just don't even and 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 they'll present with these symptoms. But it's not just that. Sometimes it can be just raging endometriosis, horrible cases of endometriosis mm-hmm. where this is slowly over time built and built and built, and now they just they <clears> present <throat> with this where you go to feel you can barely even put an index finger through the vagina because it's so tight. Wow. And it can be very, very uh, traumatic and painful for them. So it covered, have we covered all that, the treatments? Is We've talked about... We, we've covered a lot of them. You know, we mentioned earlier in the last one, we mentioned Botox. Botox has been used in this case as well. Okay. There's actually, you know, with the, I direct patients because we you have limited times a lot of times when we're, when we're seeing them for a visit. There is a website that was started by a woman that had vaginismus and just sort of discovered there's absolutely nothing on the internet that's uh, that's reputable about this. And it, it's vaginismus.com. And I send 
a lot of patience with that. This is a really, really good website. And they do sell some things. And we're not, I have no financial relationship with them in any way whatsoever. But it's a very good site. It's so good that there's even a section here. You were mentioned about how do you talk. There's even one little section as I'm looking here. I remember where they actually have a little dialogue. And they'll nice. say, hey, that's how you do that conversation. Uh, a template for, so a, for a dialogue. They even have a sample script with things you can say so the patient doesn't really know what to say or how to introduce this to say to make the, the their, their doctor even understand this might be a possibility hey i've had i've been having some problems with pain during sex and i'm hoping you'll be able to help me and then it goes to the next thing it even gives them lots of different options as a script to explain how that pain feels and so i really direct them towards this i do i want you to read all of this stuff i want you to come back think about this and we're going to address this we're going to target it and we're going we're going to go through some some treatment options Great. I will make sure we put that link in the, the body of the, the bio of the show. Yeah, vaginismus.com. Vaginismus.com. Another thing I tell patients, because they, you know, especially in our new society full of millennials that want instant results, okay? You're, this is you're not sure, an instant result. Aren't you, aren't type you of, still millennials? Or, yes, you're, 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 millennials you're, you're, are technically all the way up to age 40. Don't reveal their age no, here, but millennials are up to age 40. So <laughs> no one in this group is a millennial. Okay. No, not. Yes, they are. Technically, they're up to age 40. Well, no, anyway, what I was going to say <laughs> is that I tell patients this problem did not occur overnight. Okay. This took a long time to get like this. And it's not going to get better overnight. It's going to take months and months to get it where, where this is under control. And they just set those expectations because. You know, with the, I'm as guilty of wanting instant gratification for problems uh, as anybody else, but this is not one of those things that's going to be instantly fixed. Something, There's no surge you know, something that we talked about in one of our very first episodes, it was episode two, I think, vaginal steaming. Is that something that would help, especially if you're using certain herbs? I mean, if you decided to steam right before sex. Um, it might help with some of the relaxation. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. What are vaginal dilators? It's basically dildos. Dildos, dildos in a bunch of different sizes. Yep. From small to large. That's basically what. Honestly, they're they're really expensive dildos is what they are. And they're medically, they're in a great sequential from sizes. It's easy yeah. to go up if you do have issues and you do need that, you know, that steady growth if you're trying to, to dilate the vagina. They are very, very helpful tools for sure. I just tell, um, I, but, I say, yeah, they're, they're expensive. And then, like I said, that, that website I mentioned, they do sell those products. But okay. You can just as easily go down to sex toy shop and... Or just go to Amazon. Start small and, and, and build up from there. And that's what I'm getting at. I, I had a patient who had this problem. And I actually, I told her straight, hey, let's just go to Amazon, start small, and it's going to work just as well. Just okay. make sure you get the address right. Yes. Yeah. You somebody else and it accidentally goes to their house. That's yeah. a problem. That's not my, well, it has your name on here. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you wanted one. I thought you are the only Samuel Wolf here in town, aren't you? <laughs> Okay, let's talk about penis rings. Can a penis ring like the O-nut make sex more comfortable? It can if your vaginal length is not conducive to take his penis length. That will be, it will act as a buffer. Well, first off, I didn't know what an O-nut was. We actually had to look, I had to look this up on a video beforehand. So explain to them essentially. Yeah, what is an O-nut? Like, what, what is an O-nut? Because a lot of people probably don't know, unless this is common You're knowledge. And me being a millennial doesn't you know what an O-nut is. It's, okay. it's, okay, go ahead. It's like a cock ring. The best way to describe it is like an airbag cock ring. <laughs> so they're fluffy. <laughs> they look fluffy. But I think they're made out of silicone or rubber. Okay. And you can, and they vary in width. 
it's like three or four in a package and you can build it up as much as you need. And it goes on him at the base of the penis and it okay. acts as a bump. So he's still getting that length, but you're not getting all the length. It allows the, the recipient to control the depth of uh, okay. Wow, that's okay. great. That sounded great. I, I think, like you know, looking at the picture, I figured out why it's called O-Nut because it looks like a oh. donut, but it gives you the big O. Oh. 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 <laughs> right. <laughs> oh. Hey, that's for any Office Space fans out there. <laughs> oh. Oh. <laughs> okay. All right. Big shout out to O-Nut there. Are lidocaine and numbing creams a good option? I think that that is more in the case of if you have like pre ejaculate like if you're ejaculating too quickly, right? No, and that no, can no, that no, can no, lead to no, 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 no. lidocaine cream. So so yeah. like, that would be very superficial skin, skin yeah. pain. I, I wouldn't recommend doing that. It wouldn't work me. well. People give you lidocaine for just, men for though for pre for yes, ejaculation. And that, and that comes in a condom, sensation. okay? Yeah. Yeah. Lidocaine condom for pre ejaculation. To decrease sensation. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. We're talking about the vagina. Oh yeah. Okay. So it will not help for vaginismus. No, not for vaginismus. Muscle. Just always thinking about your own penis. Like, sir, let's, let's bring it back. What are we talking about today? Yeah, I, I would be concerned because, I mean, do they even make lidocaine specifically for the vagina? Well, we use it more for, for example, raging herpes outbreaks mm -hmm. okay. and things like that. It can okay. help with, with, with things like that or, or you know, uh, procedures, biopsies and things like that that can be very just right up against the clitoris and very, very tender areas that you just don't want to be biopsied. Using some lidocaine gel for that can help. But it's really targeted. If your issue is that vaginismus, that contraction of the muscle, mm. lidocaine is not going to make your it's muscle not gonna contract do anything, less. No. It's just going to make your skin numb, yeah. but you're still going to okay. contract. Yeah. So does, will counseling help then? I mean, if uh, numbing's not going to help. For vaginismus, like I said, it depends on the etiology mm -hmm. or the, the cause. If it's endometriosis, the cause, I don't think counseling is going to okay. be that great. Really, that patient needs surgery. She need, we need to get the endometriosis out, and then she needs to be on some sort of suppressive therapy for that. If the cause is childhood sexual abuse, absolutely, absolutely. Counseling is going to be paramount to getting improvement with that. Mm -hmm. I would agree. Okay. So I, I think we've summed it up with uh, the answers to all the other questions, but I'll ask the final question that was in these series of questions is, can it and will it ever go away? Yes. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It yes. just takes time. I would say more than definitely more than half of cases we can get uh, we, we can get where they're they're enjoying their sex life again. And, you know, this is one of those areas where I, I, I encourage, especially I'll say, bring him in. Yeah. Let's do this. We're going to go through this. And sometimes the guys will. And I'll tell you, the, I think those are more su higher success cases when you have sort of two people willing to work at this rather than, you know, you're you're. You're just telling her what to do and she goes home and it's sort of that game where you're passing the, the secret around the room. It's, you're going to get some stuff lost in, in from the medical Telephone, to the yeah. layman translation mm -hmm. there. But I think the, the answer to your question, most of this can be treated successfully. A and patience with your partner. You're having Absolutely. your partner be patient with you. Great. Yeah. Well, patient thank you. Thank you guys so much. With that, we're going to wrap season one with a new segment called Stupid Inventions. So I, sometimes listeners <laughs> send me pictures, just images, and then I do a little research to find out where this image even came from. Believe it or not, in 1965, a machine called the Blonsky, B-L-O-N-S-K-Y, the Blonsky what device, 
Blonsky. Right. <laughs> Blonsky, the, the Blonsky device was patented to deliver a baby by using centrifugal force. <laughs> so she's getting strapped into the Gavitron. No, I looked, That's I right. looked the picture up. I'm, I'm pretty impressed with this. This is exactly what's that? that, that I it, think it's like, like the, is it the Gavitron at the, at the state fair. fair. Yeah. 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 Yes, you, you're you supposed to like, try and stay like on. Right. Down on that so that okay. the centrifugal force is going outward. I would think this, out. this would probably be the worst thing in the world uh, for the pelvic floor that I can possibly I, I want to know how successful he was in delivering babies. Right. First of all, it's 1965. That's not that long ago. I mean, if this were. <laughs> like the Renaissance, maybe, but how how did this even happen? How I, did anyone think this would work? I don't work? know, but I I collect turn of the century OBGYN textbooks, and I, I love to look back and look at some of this crazy stuff. Uh, but that, and to think that hey, this this was some person that really thought this was the right way to do this. Yeah, <laughs> we'll we'll include the link also in the bio of the show because you're not going to believe it, listeners, when you look this one up. Next, and our final stupid invention, the tampon removal glove. And believe it or not, this is fairly new. This is fairly new. Some, I think, germ in Germany. What do they, what, what does, what's the name they had for it? They had some the pink funny. glove. The pink glove, right. Pink and, glove. And, and one, one article I said it was two men invented. Another one said three. I'm guessing the, the, the third guy said, I'm out. <laughs> you know, he found out how it was going to be received and said, I'm out. So is it just a, it's is a it? random glove? It's a glove. You it's carry a glove. You know, oh, here's what it, yeah. Sir, if she can't touch the string, I don't know how she's going to put it in to begin right. with. Right. So you've got, there. it's like poop bags. When you take your dog, you know, you, yeah. you turn the bag yeah. inside out. It, that's exactly what it is. You turn the glove inside out and dispose of the well, glove. We, we do sometimes get patients that have abertained tampons and we have to shut the room down sometimes. So, I mean, there's <laughs> gloves some, are required. There's maybe some, <laughs> some, some benefit to that. But um, I don't know. I, I think these guys are they may have good intent, but they're probably just trying to make money and, yeah. and, and placate on something. But yeah, I think you're right. I don't know. Hey, what about my invention? I'm, I'll tell, put it out there. What? I'm going to help it secret i got my own invention you know these guys think they can invent things i got my own okay you want to hear this yeah and i'm okay i'll let somebody think. i'll let somebody take the patent i haven't patented this <laughs> no. but i said so we'll get patients that have a hard time remembering to take the birth control pill okay. okay and so i'll give some credit to my wife my wife says why don't you just tell them to do what i did and use a hair scrunchie and scrunchie their birth control pill pack to their toothpaste and I'm like, well, that's actually brilliant. And I've told a lot of patients to do that. But then I said, wait, now, there could be actually even some capitalization on this. You could create a device like those, you know, those hair curler devices that have kind of a wire in it, but they're soft. And you could yes, almost like a yeah. big twist tie. Almost yeah. like a big twist tie. Yeah. So have that with a little clamp that holds the birth control pills. But then you you sort of knot it around your toothpaste. And I have the perfect name for it. It's the Pregnot. <laughs> the Pregnot. <laughs> there's, there's some issues with your Pregnot. Theory. What's your issues? What's the issue? I have one. Their teeth at the same time every day. But yeah. you're gonna brush your teeth. And you wake brush up. your teeth Who's twice. Look, you gonna brush your teeth people? every day. Most people brush their teeth every day. And are you, you're are supposed you to brush them twice. You're not gonna take. Yeah, brush my teeth. What <laughs> okay, like, if you're not going anywhere. What you gonna brush your teeth for? For general health. I think you gotta do it. Every <laughs> oh day. my gosh. <laughs> and most oh, people brush their teeth twice a day, folks. I don't want to take birth control twice a day, so. The preg not. Well, I love the name. It's not practical. Or just a name for a birth control pill. I think yeah. George I do, had I do like it. <laughs> wonderful birth control. Remember, Embrano. That was another Embrano. Good <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, this little, not everybody. Some of us sleep in. I know. I don't sleep. <laughs> well, 
<laughs> and Bruno. Like oh my gosh. Well, what a it's great way a to wrap season. up season one. <laughs> yeah. Let's say, hey, want to thank those sponsors because we couldn't have done it without Absolutely. you. Absolutely. All about women, Panama, Panama City, City Surgery, Surgery Center. Center yeah. Anybody that's interested in sponsor, please let us know. Yeah. Yeah. And right. My- it's it's been so great getting to know you guys. And also just the education that you provide has been incomparable. And the whole purpose behind the show is to have these open conversations, allowing women to either talk to their doctors or their partners or their children about sex yeah. and to feel comfortable doing it. And Love it. Well, I think we'll be back with more sex episodes, by the way. You've done a great job. We appreciate you. Well, it's been an absolute pleasure. We will see you back here for season two. And and for my shout out for my French teacher, pour pour, pour la prochaine saison, uh, on on, on verra une une saison, un épisode complètement en français. Yeah. I heard, (laughs) I heard O, O, O in there too. A lot of O, O, O. (laughs) All right, guys, we'll see you in season two. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for joining us for this episode of The Vigitions, where we answer the questions you may be afraid to ask. A little legalese for you. The physician hosts of this podcast are actively practicing doctors in the field of obstetrics and gynecology. They are all three licensed to practice medicine in their respective state and are either board certified or board eligible within their specialty. This podcast is for entertainment and education only. Any content from this program should not be considered official medical advice, and listening to this podcast should not, by any means, be considered a legal patient-physician relationship. If you have a medical issue worthy of discussion on this program, you should seek immediate medical attention with the physician of your choice. The Vigitions is made possible by our generous sponsors. All About Women OBGYN, with a mission to promote, protect, and restore health in women's reproductive systems and a legacy that spans greater than 50 years, you can trust all your women's healthcare needs to All About Women OBGYN. Healthy Start Coalition of Bay, Franklin, and Gulf Counties. Healthy Start's mission is to promote healthy pregnancies, babies, and families by providing services and facilitating access to resources through community partnerships while advancing racial equity and cultural responsiveness. Emerald Coast Obstetrics and Gynecology. Offering a dedicated medical care team, Emerald Coast specializes exclusively in women's health services in Panama City, Florida. And Panama City Surgery Center. Located in Panama City, Florida, the Surgery Center offers top medical specialties and services in one convenient location with minimally invasive outpatient procedures to get you back to normal life quickly. The Vigitians podcast is produced by host Rayanne Thorne Kruger. Our editor is Igor Kuzmanovsky with Ike Isabella as our announcer. And finally, a special thanks to our spouses, partners, and families for their support, ideas, and feedback.